that but with dialogue from speed Ooh, and movie rips <laughs> <laughs> what ah uh, i got nothing what do you got to say about speed speed's a good movie it is i said nothing negative about speed god damn right <laughs> speed two however <laughs> cruise control you uh, you mean the one where jason patrick's like trying to fuck a 14 year old deaf girl yes that one <laughs> yeah Hmm. But it does have Willem Dafoe being a maniac, so there's that. Well, that's always a plus, but when is he ever not a maniac? Um, there's got to be something. A Time to Kill? I vaguely remember that movie. I think that's the one he's in. It's either that or, like, Mississippi Burning. I confuse. Oh, where he's, he's uh, yeah. Where, yeah, where he's a southern lawyer that stands up for... Yeah, he does choose some scenery, but he's not... He's not a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. You ever see Dog Eat Dog? No. Oh, it's a fucking terrible movie, but it's got uh, uh, Nicolas Cage is in it, and he's actually kind of restrained for Nick Cage. Say but what? instead it's Defoe going nuts. He plays a dude named Mad Dog. Oh. And we're introduced to his character by him, like, shooting dope in this big fat woman's bathroom, and then her, like, finding porn on the computer, and he just murders her and her child. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's a real uh, real kick in the dick of an opening for a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the movie that follows sucks shit, but that opening scene, whoo! <laughs> Gotta hear it and grabbed your attention, did it? So, I think we're all buttered up. Should we do our show? Yeah, I, I think I got stuff now. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vom, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff. I am your host. And shit, I forgot the intro that we were going to do. It was something stu- Oh, the original Puss in Boots. Thank you. Yeah. And it, well, by the way, the original Puss in Boots was played by James Marino. Yeah. That would be me. Yes. I know. Well, I'm just clearing it up. Oh, oh yeah. all right. All right. I see where we're going. Uh, today we're talking about a field in England. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 2013, uh, written by Amy Jump and directed by Ben Wheatley, which if you see a Ben Wheatley movie, Amy Jump's probably involved somewhere in there. Uh, Let's see. Starring Peter Ferdinando as Jacob, Richard Glover as Friend, Ryan Pope as Cutler, Reese Shearsmith as Whitehead, Michael Smiley as O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Now that we are done with that, my God. James. Oh, yes. Are you going to have me attempt a synopsis on this one? No, I was just going to start with a, how'd you like this movie? I I finished this movie, and I don't know if I like it or not. Yeah, it's a real noodle scratcher. Indeed it is. And uh, it's kind of like that with all of Ben Wheatley's movies that I've seen. Because of his films, I've seen this, and then after this, he made a movie called High Rise. Mm-hmm. Then after that, uh, Free Fire, and just this year, he released In the Earth. And all of his movies have this kind of art house feel like this one does. Mm-hmm. And I think this one may be the weirdest, just because, I mean, let's be honest... Just a couple of dorks in a field playing wizard. <laughs> Absolutely. It looks like a Ren Fair wet dream. Yeah. It's like five dudes that couldn't find a Ren Fair, so they just made one in the in a field and then videotaped it. Or they went, can you imagine if we got to swear and say whatever we wanted? Yeah. Let's do that. So, yeah. 
Because it really... I, I also don't know if I like this movie or not, because it, it delights me, mm-hmm. but it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> it is. But it did hit me in that special D&D area. Uh-huh. Oh, and so that kept my interest, because... I, like I said, I don't know if I liked it or not, but for a part of that movie, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why am I watching this? And then stuff happened, and it was just like a bunch of D&D guys got together and said, let's write down one of our adventures uncensored. This will be great. Yeah. We can show how magic really works. Yeah. It's real dumb. <laughs> it is stupid as hell. Um, we should also say at the top of this, if anybody hasn't seen it and you do want to see it, uh, there are a lot of, what do they call it, stroboscopic. There's yes. a lot of strobing effects. Hey, I made it all the way through that part, by the way. So if you are affected by that, just just a heads up. I mean, they do show it in the movie, but I mean, if you put it on, you're getting like a drink or some popcorn or something. You might not see it. So just beware so you don't have a fucking seizure. Yeah, seizures aren't good. Usually, no. Well, unless they're induced, I guess. I mean... There could be points in history where seizures would have been fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, had Stalin had a nice good seizure, I mean... Fair enough. It could have saved the USSR. Render unto seizure? Sure. Okay, I could not do that one, Joe. All right. And I'm really sorry for it. I don't know why we tried to get into Russian history for no good reason. We? All right, I. Okay. All right. Anyway, um... So, should we get into this fucking thing? Absolutely. Speaking of history... <laughs> a lot of that stuff, I, we'll have to give it to them. It looked like they borrowed a lot of very period-specific items for it. Because yeah. it, it does look like it's supposed to. Yeah, because it's uh, set to the backdrop of the English Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I figured out um, the movie did take place in 1649. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that, that'll, that'll make sense later. Yeah. So we begin with uh, Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Would you say he's our main character? Our Absolutely. Absolutely, because he's the one with he's the only one with an arc throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Him and friend. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Cutler kind of has an arc where he goes from like keeping the peace to being okay. Like, yeah. But anyway, uh, so we get, we begin. Well, that's with a, a turn rather than an arc. Yeah, yeah. Fair. All right. So we begin with Whitehead, essentially just like hiding. <laughs> Being in his pants, whimpering, yeah. praying to God. Yeah, he's uh, he's being hunted because he owes somebody something. We don't know anything yet, well, but we know he's being, like, he was contracted. He was contracted to get somebody? Yes, and then he didn't, and then the Trower character, who's on horseback, has been sent to murder or at least capture Whitehead. So right. that's why he's hiding, like, in a ravine. And he is scared yeah and the more pathetic i will tell you the characterization on that you didn't even just looking at his face you were like oh dear oh yeah um, he gets kicked a lot doesn't he reese shearsmith who plays whitehead he does a we talked about it with i think uh housebound mm-hmm. with the what the fuck face yes <laughs> yeah he has a great what the fuck face <laughs> his reactions are amazing he's He's annoyed for a good amount of this movie. <laughs> he gets annoyed, superior, inferior. I mean, it's all there. Yeah. He emotes the hell out of that face. It's great. Absolutely. But anyway, so uh, Trower on horseback sees him because all he had to do was look down. down. <laughs> and I didn't notice it until the last time I watched it, but Cutler's with him yes. already. 
But I, I think Cutler was coming up the road or something and saw him hiding. Yeah, and went to help him. But either yeah. way, uh, the Trower character just catches a spear through his gut. <laughs> yep. Which is kind of foreshadowing if you think about it. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> Cutler murders him. <laughs> and then loots his body. I, well, and I really enjoy it for this depiction because a lot of people think about warfare at the time because this was, you know, pre-revolutionary war, but they were still skirmish lines. There were still, you know, they stand, but what they didn't realize, there was a lot of guerrilla warfare. Yeah. And that stuff would happen. They would loot teeth. They would loot anything. Yeah. And so there were like scavengers. And so they really showed that. And what they really showed about battle, which I thought was really cool, is nothing Absolute terror, abject horror, nothing. Yes. It's like the true boredom, but the constant fear. And they really, really showed that well in the movie. Yeah, and everything's super fucking bleak. And the and the, the loudness of the gunpowder. I mean, because I've heard gunpowder guns go off. Yeah. And they had that down perfect. But before Trower dies, he dies pointing off into the field. Mm-hmm. And Cutler says, looks like you've found your sign, friend. Oh, then, that's right. Cuts his finger off and takes the ring. Yep. And then a couple shots later, he's stealing his boots. <laughs> he's putting his foot up to the boots. This is one fit. Does yeah. this one fit? I really like that humanity hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Still, to this day, you get your ass beat, someone might take your shoes. <laughs> you get to keep what you kill. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I will say that the, the threat of humor throughout this entire movie, it, when, whenever you thought, oh, Christ, I can't do two more seconds of the... Uh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, Whitehead's looking out into the field, and Cutler says, like, what do you see? And he says, nothing, only shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that even one single bit. Well, because it'll come into play later, like when they find the supposed treasure. Oh, because of his ability to scry. Yes. Okay. So... We see the Jer- Jacob character just getting blown up. <laughs> yes. And, and just meandering pissed offedly over to friend who is presumably dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, Whitehead walks up upon him and they have a brief conversation. <laughs> um, let's see. It, they talk about how Whitehead has a master and Jacob says he's his own man. And after Whitehead says, well, I'm beholden to another, I have a master, I wrote this down verbatim, Jacob says, there's always others, brother. No doubt they find you, they usually do. Mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, no matter what you do, somebody will always find power over you. Yep. Which actually leads to another thing that I want to talk about again later. Because, that wow, it, it hits even more home now. Yes. That is really cool. Sorry, I didn't... For for some reason, uh, when Cutler walks up, he attacks Whitehead. No, no idea. But then we kind of establish that Cutler's there to like keep the peace, keep all these people together because he calms everything down. That's right. And there's that's a interesting another interesting bit of foreshadowing. I didn't even think about that because he kind of takes that role right away. Yes. Okay. Because we yeah when friend and uh, what's his butt were arguing. Yep. He stopped him. Uh huh. When uh, Whitehead was freaking out so bad, calmed him. Yep. And he was also he said, okay, well, let's all figure this out at the alehouse. That was my next note. Is that this is the first mention of the alehouse. 
mm-hmm. something that we never see, but is a very specific plot point. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's is- it's the it's like the um, it's like the bait. It's it's what's going to get them to move forward. Yes, the the idea of the alehouse. Yes, some sort of respite from this war that they're desperately seeking. Yes. So, I, I oh, and that friend comes back alive. <laughs> I wanted to call him Kenny. Yeah, he sits back up and says, "Does somebody mention ale?" And I forgot how he was supposed to have died the first time. I think it was just a a war casualty. Okay, because I don't think that, I don't think they showed it. No, the first time that we see him, I believe, is when Jacob walks up and kicks him, and he's clearly dead. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to pause for a minute because we are. I I noted we're eight minutes into this film. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those movies where it quickly establishes we know who Whitehead is. He works for... The Alchemist. Yeah, he has some other special interest. We don't know what yet, but we also know that he's a coward. He's not a soldier. We know that Friend is a dipshit. (laughs) A big old dipshit. We know that Jacob is pretty just ambivalent towards everything. Mm -hmm. Hates the world. Yeah. Crusty old bastard. Yeah, just apathetic toward everything. Mm -hmm. Just wants to fucking drink beer. Seen it all, done it all, shut the fuck up. And we've established Cutler as being the peacekeeper, mm-hmm. the person moving them forward on this journey. Right. So, yes, that is eight minutes in. That is narratively pretty perfect writing. Yes. Well, so, and, and I want to say, too, that um, what also kept me in is I went on this, like I go into art, any art film, knowing it's going to be batshit crazy. Uh-huh. And this paid off in spades with batshit crazy yeah and again going into it too knowing that or seeing that it's an art house film like immediately like man there's gonna be points where i'm gonna be bored mm-hmm. <laughs> but they threw but, in enough humor yes yes they did because the next scene is uh all right so they're walking through the field and whitehead's just bitching up a storm about how he's not a soldier he's not used to this pace so jacob grabs him and tells him wolf well, then fuck off then yes and i love that too and again uh cutler keeps the peace Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's just... Okay, this is right before my, one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie. Yes. Um, and it, it was kind of fortuitous that Friend says to Whitehead, he says, uh, I believe that we'll endure a better quality of suffering in this man's care. Mm-hmm. Knowing that whatever this fucking maniac may have in store for them, it's probably better than being on the front lines of war. Yep, and plus it was the bleakness because they would rather be in war than be at and their whatever their home is, but they want to be away from the war too. Yes. So <laughs> shit must suck bad. So one of my favorite parts of this film, again, just explaining how funny it is, is the scene between Whitehead and Friend. Because Cutler and Jacob, like, run off in that field. Yes. Oh, they said, then they tell him to hide. Yeah, they tell him that everybody gets down. Uh, Jacob and Cutler run off to do something that we're never told. Mm-mm. It's just inconsequential. Inconsequential. They run off. And so Friend and Whitehead are having the most fantastic conversation. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> because Whitehead's a very educated man, never done, like, manual labor, very into his scholarly duties, <laughs> and friends a grinning idiot. <laughs> yep. He's the human equivalent of a mule. <laughs> I just want to mention one other thing now that I think about it. One of the first shots in the movie, when they were showing them walking, absolutely center, it was this one guy's hand. 
they mention hands constantly throughout this movie. Yep. And then they have those weird shots where they have like this Elizabethan hand pose where it looks like the pa- hands for... <laughs> the for, human portraits. <laughs> yeah, for no fucking reason. But I love this because... Uh, yeah, but uh, hands friends, don't even end up having anything to do with this movie, but, but it's a central theme. I get it. Yeah, because the first time that they're mentioned, friend says, you know, I was a Cooper in Essex. He looks at White and says, you have very soft hands. Like you think about something before you touch it. <laughs> do they just, not do that in Essex? Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, the, and then... <laughs> <laughs> so Whitehead's explaining who he works for in Norwich, and uh, he's a, an assistant to a gentleman, alchemist, physician, astrologer, among other things. So he's essentially an errand boy. Yep. We're starting to learn more about his character. And then we find out that Friend has never heard of planets or seen stars. Yeah, because he never looks up. <laughs> he's never looked up at stars. And I love the way that he mostly he's never seen anything. It's just the stupid guy like shrugging his shoulders. just like, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. No clue. I just trust that God will uh, figure everything out for me. Well, the funny thing <laughs> is, too, he represents the lucky fool, which shows up in yes. all kinds of fiction. Mm-hmm. So and I, I like that because they do keep the tropes right. It's not just movie tropes, but it's like literary tropes too. Yeah. And so they 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 keep to all of that, which is really nice. And it kept me in the film too. And again, scratch that D and D itch. And he so Whitehead ends this on another quote that I wrote down that I thought was really good. Said, uh, "Lest we live in fear of hell, we have it." Yeah, I got confused on that one. I mean, it's basically saying if you're not, like, living in fear of the dangers that are around you, mm-hmm. it will inhabit you. Okay. It and, was my understanding of that. No, actually, it makes sense because we talk about the devil inside and, and, and yeah, uh-huh. and, and taking in that which is bad and bringing it forth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that kind of circles back right around. Damn art film. Yeah. Making sense and shit. And then, like, obliquely, there is so much of this movie of them just like doing stupid shit. There's just another long shot, couple shots of them just wandering through a field. And it is boring, but with the right amount of drugs in your system, you just kind of look at it and be like, <laughs> it's very hobby in parts. Look, look at these assholes. <laughs> Are they almost to the Shire? Yeah, it's delightful. Because, I mean, all right, so Cutler's dressed like a squire. Mm-hmm. Jacob's just dressed like a schlub. Yeah. Friend looks like yeah, your front line, just kind of your surf. Yeah, basically he's a, surf. a peasant, yeah. And Whitehead's dressed like an asshole with a cape. Yep. And it's just those four dudes marching through a field. And then marching some more. Yep. Marching and talking. Talking and marching. Just looking like total dipshits. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, it oddly didn't bore me to death. Because right after that, we get to watch a man take a painful shit. <laughs> we get to hear grunting for minutes. It's beautiful. The sound of a man taking a painful shit. Just complaining sh- about his balls being on fire and his dick feels like it's going to fall off. It's wonderful. Because, I mean, it, it, it's not just funny because he's taking a massive painful shit. It, it's more that like you can tell that they have nothing. To, it's 16 whatever. There's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So friend and Whitehead just wander over and watch him take a painful shit. <laughs> Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. 
And he just falls backwards into some nettles. I was brilliant. Ah, fuck. It was beautiful. And the funny thing is, it's like, that becomes a plot point. Yes, it does. He stung his balls with nettles while taking a painful dump. Uh, That's how we get to learn that uh, a whitehead can do some physicianing. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't need to know he could do physicianing that way, though. So while all this is going on, Cutler's foraging for some mushrooms, mm-hmm. and, and while they're watching Jacob take a dump, he wanders over and throws some mushrooms into the pot, the pot. that he's cooking. Yes, all kinds of those mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is when we know that, oh, this shit's about to go right off the rails. <laughs> Enough mushrooms to feed half a Coachella. Yeah. it's a lot of mushrooms. It was a lot of mushrooms. Indeed. So, uh, they're sitting down and eating, and Whitehead notices that Cutler's not eating. Right, because Cutler is fasting. No, Whitehead is fasting. Whitehead is fasting, that's well, right. Well, he's not fasting, though. He sees that Cutler's not eating. Oh, that's being right. being a smart man, he assumes, oh, this stranger has poisoned us. But he doesn't bother to tell freaking frack that's with them well yeah because he can't because they're all right there in front of him and cutler has a fucking gun (laughs) yes but only one shot yeah oh but those shots are doozies yeah i mean i wouldn't want to get pistol whipped with that fucking thing either no that 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 looked like it would hurt it's a fucking blunderbuss (laughs) yeah it's about 20 pounds uh wooden metal and right across your nagging yeah Mm, that'd wake you right up so, uh, needless to say, Jacob and friend are tripping dick. <laughs> oh, cheese and rice. That is a lot of tripping that they are doing. Yeah, and that's where we get the first living painting scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just all of them standing still, kinda. Yeah, but it almost looks like classical portraits because of their hand poses. But their hand poses mean diddly shit. I was, I was watching this with somebody not too long ago, and uh, the pose that Whitehead's doing, because he's got like both of his arms out to the side. I, I know nobody can see this. Yeah, yeah it's a great visual <laughs> for this podcast. I'm acting this out on an audio medium, but he's doing the same arms as Marilyn Manson in the uh, Beautiful People video. Oh, Christ. When he goes, oh. <laughs> what do you bet is from a Hieronymus Bosch painting? Yeah. I guarantee you that... Marilyn Manson like got it, it looks from there. like some shit out of the Thriller video. It does. It's stupid. Wait, it's almost also like the hands in the Venus pose, too. Uh-huh. Venus, oh, okay. Yeah, a bunch of arty people made this film. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of those things with all of Ben Wheatley's movies. It's like, man, this was pretty good, but uh, this might, this and High Rise mo- mo- might be the most, like, arty of his movies. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, it's just like, man. All right, well, they clearly just let you make the movie that you wanted to make. <laughs> Nobody stepped in. <laughs> well, I guess you don't hear no well, Mr. Wheatley. Yeah. But this is pretty early on in his career, too. So, I know, I mean, so he must uh, again, had some pictures of people doing something to get the funding for it. Well, before this, he made a movie called Down Terrace that mm. I've never seen, but apparently he's really good. Is it about the... Uh, Not a clue. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because Down <laughs> Terrace, it sounds like... Uh, like an English, like, gangbanger film. Well, yeah, I mean, he's British. <coughs> ben Wheatley is English, so, I mean, it's possible. Because there was all, all the terrorist wars and stuff. It was just like, what am I trying to say? My brain's, oh, it's like the projects in England yeah. are the terraces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, had to be that. Probably. 
But he probably put some weird arty shit in there, too. Probably. <laughs> so, uh... <clears throat> Back to the movie. Here's why I kind of like Ben Wheatley's filmmaking, though. The rope scene. Where they're pulling a rope, and he makes a compelling and almost nervous scene out of them just yanking some rope. Yeah, which made me think, because I remember talking, I remember reading about witches' holes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and how he was tied in so he wouldn't be pulled all the way into hell. Yeah. So that made sense in the context of alchemy and witchcraft of that era. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so they find out that it's O'Neill at the end of this rope. Right. But while they're pulling it, the way it's shot and cut, the way that it's edited... It's dizzying. Yeah, and it, it's not, like, terrifying, but... It has a sense of doom about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just four dudes pulling a rope. Yeah, but you, in, in your head, you're like, is the rope going to snap? Is somebody going to break something? What's going to happen? And he does it by quick cuts and dizzying movements. But during the rope pulling scene, we actually uh, we learn a couple things. <laughs> we get the funny line from friend. Because they're talking about, like, this is one man. And I like the friend. Friend just brings up, well, perhaps he's uncommonly fat. <laughs> Yes. He says something about his wife, and Jacob just yells at him like, You are in possession of a wife! And he says, Yeah, there was a bit of disagreement res- or, uh, surrounding a fire. <laughs> Which comes in later. Yes. So, yes, uh, yes. Yep, we figure out that it's O'Neill, or not figure out, but we're shown that it's O'Neill, and O'Neill just starts beating the living shit out of Cutler. Just whacking the fuck out of him, and it took me a second to figure out who was beating on who, too. Yeah. I'm like, why is Cutler... Wait, that's Cutler getting his ass whooped. Yeah, and uh, Whitehead, you know, says, like, that's the man I've been looking for. That's O'Neal. So right. they grab him by the arms, and Jacob just blasts him in the face. Yes. And then, inexplicably, the next thing we're shown is Cutler, like, getting him dressed in all his, like, stately garb. Yep, and that's where you're, like, going, oh, Fuck. Yeah, because Cutler's filling him in on some things that have happened and tells him who Whitehead is. Yeah, like, why, it, why would he mention who... Well, wasn't O'Neill who Whitehead was sent to fetch? Yeah, that's what we, yeah. we find out as the scene progresses that, you know, that's who he was supposed to go get. So they start having a conversation and he tells him, you know, like, uh, I, I'm here to find you for the theft of seven books from my master and you're going to need to come with me. And through a lo- lot of long dialogue, O'Neill eventually just says, like, no, I'm taking you prisoner. Well, <laughs> and you- I'm going to use you to find a treasure that is in this field. <laughs> well, and we understand, too, that O'Neill is armed to the teeth. You can tell he's tough because he just whooped Cutler- Cutler's ass. Just uh-huh. beat the fuck out of him. And um, it just... You, I I lost my point. Well, I mean, he clearly uh, there's a power dynamic. Yes, the and Cutler is very or not Cutler. Uh, O'Neill is very much like an alpha. He oh, is going to take control of this situation. But that reminds me of the scene that I really enjoy. He's like, I'm here to, you know, take you into take you into my possession to our master for all the crimes you committed. Yes. And the guy's like, so what if I don't? And he said, I would have to ask you <laughs> as your it's, honor as a Christian man. As a Christian man. Yeah, to come with it's me. A, that's when it's established that they know each other. Right. O'Neill and Whitehead know each other. They take a small walk together. And, you know, Whitehead's telling him, I've had increased duties in your absence. 
mm-hmm. and the master's not f- well. You know, I, we need all of this returned. Oh, and I've learned a new skill in your absence. Mm-hmm. And O'Neill turns to him very interested, says, says what? <laughs> and it turns out Whitehead has, has learned uh, lace making. I, I, I can, it, it's not quite professional quality, but the, oh, everybody he tells me. He says it's a, oh. of the highest quality, I'm told. I'm told, that was what I was trying to remember, yeah. I'm told. And just the look that O'Neill gives him, just disgust, like, lace making. Yeah, you, he was hoping that he'd learn a new alchemical procedure or could yes. bring a new, yeah. Because O'Neill tells him that he's going to, uh, that Whitehead is more powerful than him in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So he is going to hijack his power of divination to find this treasure that is in this field. Now, I have a question. Did he throw up before or after he scribed? When he threw up the tiles? Oh, that's that's in a way in a bit. Okay, I'm sorry. I get confused because yeah, this, yeah. this movie cuts and jumps. Oh, yeah. So, hold on. Let me okay, figure that, out where oh, we are here. We're right before old boy takes him to the tent. Oh, uh, <laughs> another fun moment. We They're walking to the camp. And Jacob walks up to him and says, Excuse me, friend! Uh, I, I'm going to bob off now. I'm feeling a bit peaky. I could use a few hours of rest. And he hands the shovel to O'Neill. And he just bops him right in the face with it. Cranks him right flat in the face, and yes. I, I wrote down his quote because it's fantastic. <laughs> O'Neill says to him, Do not address me as friend and do not speak to me directly again. Otherwise, I'll turn you into a frog and spits on him. Yes. So, thus cementing, because prior to that, that guy was the badass. Now O'Neill's like, uh, go fuck yourself. And before that, when he's getting dressed, he asks for his scrying mirror. But this is what I love. We haven't seen any magic in mm-hmm. this movie. We've seen no evidence of any of this. Right. It's just a bunch of dickheads playing wizards in a field. Well, yeah, and, and figure about alchemists at the time because if you weren't if you weren't specifically like a royalty or a duke or wherever, you weren't yeah. allowed to be able to read or write. No. There was an out alchemy. If you could do that and you'd learn the symbols, you can read and write with the symbols. It was an out for people who didn't have edu- or didn't have uh, access to education. And usually they did. They dealt in all the skeevy things. Yeah. So they were like the gangsters of the day. I, I love the just for no reason they tacked onto the end of this scene. Friend just says, "Uh, I always knew the devil would be Irish. Just thought he'd be taller." <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Isn't one of the actors in there actually a comedian specifically in Britain? I have no idea. I think I, not Wheatley, but it, um, I forgot which one now. Damn it! Well, I want yeah, to. Wheatley's the director. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I think it was Friend who's actually a, a comedian. Maybe, because he didn't even have a photo for like his IMDb thing. Like, right. He didn't have a whole lot of credits, because I kind of looked up some of the other movies these guys right. have been in. And he was too good to not have some skill. Yeah, he so, was very good in this movie. So I, it would make sense if he was the comedian. Just because the way he delivers his lines, just deadpan, because everybody play it dumb stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. But he just says simple things in a simple manner, not acting stupid just yeah. saying very plain things yes so uh this is where o'neill leads whitehead into the tent yeah about Followed that by screaming 
This is where I'm like, did we just start watching Deliverance? Uh, yeah. No, no idea what's going on in there. We're not shown. All we know is that they're screaming. He could be possessing him, bewitching him. I've got an <laughs> idea about what, what was happening, though. I, I just have a theory. Go ahead. Okay. Knowing that White, White Bread, whatever his name is, White House? Yes. Yeah, he was the only one who... Larry had, White House. Yes. He's... <laughs> He was the only one who hadn't ingested the mushrooms. Yes. So you figure, as puritanical as White House is appearing, he just held him and beat him until he drank the uh, whatever he was making the other guys drink. Yeah, later. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I think he made him take other stuff first because I'm guessing it was chemical, whatever he did to him. Because... <laughs> and as much as he was fighting because he didn't want to do it the first place, he was like, I don't want to take any of this devil shit into me. Yeah. So I think that's what the screaming was. That, that's fair. Uh, or he was I, just beating the devil into him. Yeah, one of the two. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, after this scene that I really hate... Uh, Where he comes um, out with the rope? Yeah, but before before we get the longest fucking shot I've ever seen in my life, for, for no goddamn good reason, Jacob just turns around and looks at the camera and says, what this party lacks is the civilized... What is it? The civilized influence of influence women. of women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I remembered something. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no reason for that one, unless it, again, I, I thought it was hinting at uh, White House's femininity uh, compared to the masculinity of that around him. Yeah, and we've already kind of established that he Jacob's made just like a boorish male who just wants to drink and fuck. Oh yeah, and it's made abundantly clear. So, for about, what would you say, 35 minutes, we're shown Whitehead running out of this tent with a rope around him? Yes. With looking a, absolutely possessed? Yes, with his head cocked and his ghastly smile on his face. <laughs> just <laughs> running with his arms out in odd position, which actually... Did you notice who he looks like? Who? He looks like Dio. Oh, Jesus, he He looks he like Ronnie James Dio. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was pretty bitchin'. <laughs> Oh, I gotta watch that scene again just <laughs> yeah. to see it. We'll watch it after we're done with this. But it's very funny. I notice this. It takes forever. Right, but notice how he's holding his arms? Yes. Again, this comes back near the end of the movie. There's a scene where he's running towards a tree. The tree has branches that are almost exactly to the billow of his blouse, matched, and he's running towards that tree with a big black disc in front of him. Right. So, it, again, it, it predates it. That is the exact pose that he does later in the movie. Which yeah. I thought was interesting now, again, that I noticed it. But after we have to endure this super long shot of him running out of the tent, we're treated to an absolutely delightful scene of them running him like a truffle pig. Yes. <laughs> With a delightful jaunty tune in the background. It was like Benny Hill. And Jacob and friend are swigging from like a brown leather skin cask. Uh, no, it looked like an honest got a little brown jug. Yeah. But it was like a gourd almost, really. A yeah. brown gourd. Yeah, they're just pounding on that. Yeah, and they're just happy as all shit to be involved in whatever the fuck is going on. Ooh, we're chasing somebody. There's a rope. Ooh, yeah. So they're running him, running him, running him in this field. And eventually he stops and says, here. So, and that's when 
uh, O'Neill grabs him and says, you declined my associate, but you'll imbibe for me, and grabs him by the throat and, and pours whatever yeah. liquid is in that bottle it looked like into the, him. It looked like the mushroom wine, because there were chunks in it and stuff. So I'm guessing. Were there? I, oh, no, there weren't. Which reminds me, I got a question about a later scene. Because immediately Whitehead throws up and he starts throwing up like these little runes. Yes, but there's another throw up scene I want to talk about too. But yeah, those yeah those little tiles. Yep, and we don't we're never really shown what they are. But essentially, O'Neill grabs them and says, "Like, Haha, you've been deceived, friend. You've been used as nothing but a, but an envelope." Mm-hmm. Yes. Because part of me wanted to say, did um, did uh, O'Neill shove him down his throat? And that's why he was screaming. He was an envelope for the spell for the scrying, or was he sent with that stuff inside him from the other alchemists? We, that I'm not is sure. A good question. Because it, it again another think piece, and that's one good thing about this movie. I had to think a bunch, even though it was stupid as shit. Uh huh. There are so many little spots that you have to really think about. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on how you interpret them, the entire movie shifts. Yes. <laughs> and it'll shift again. And I, this is why I talk about the growth of uh, white, white, Whitehead. Whitehead. God, why can't I think of that? Because you're a dummy. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I must be friend. But yeah, every, it shows the growth all the way throughout the movie. So <laughs> You're laughing at this. I said growth. Okay, shut up. No, I was laughing because... Uh, you don't have the charisma of friend. <laughs> Why, thank you. Go fuck yourself. Friend is delightful. You're a real drag. <laughs> well, shut up. You're stupid. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, I'll let go of my pillow now. Yeah, and that's where he says, you know, open up and let the devil in. Open yeah, up and let, let the, the devil, devil in. in. This is yeah. the first time that we hear it. Yes, and we'll hear it a few more times, too. But you, again, that's what that line made me, again, think before the... Before I threw up the stuff, again, I went and thought back, well, maybe he put more more of the devil in him. I, Again, there's confusing parts of this movie, too. Yeah, and it's obviously, it's made that way for a reason. And also, if we think about the fact that almost all the action takes place in one or two fields, much like the movie Housebound, you never get a real sense of the whole, whole area because you can never figure out which direction is which even in within scene because they mm, switch camera push position back against that because that's like a closed set. This all just takes place in a field. Right. You don't need to know the geography. Well, you kind of when they're wandering, you, I'd like to know in relation to the tent because it it seems to make sense if I'm trying to figure out what Whitehead is doing with the scrying. It it's like the scene where they were running. Again, I didn't know which direction was which, and I thought it was a purposeful uh, decision. Yeah. And I, not I due to not even due to budget constraints, but due to the nature of the movie. Yes. To I kind of feel okay, you, right. make you feel a little bit off where I, where I, you're I at. I can get on board with that. I still think it's kind of a bullshit theory, but I, I guess. Hey. <laughs> so uh, are we going to start calling that? Can I start calling it? Then we're just uh, we're treated to more scenes of just some dudes digging a hole. <laughs> lots and lots of digging. <laughs> like I said, man, this is. Fighting over why why isn't he digging? How come I'm the only one that's digging? Yeah, and this is almost, again, like I said, almost a problem in a lot of Ben Wheatley's films. Like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's move it along. Oh, no, but he was making very distinct 
he was making very distinct comments on class structure. Yes. We've got the the big guy in the tent, uh, second in command, sitting on his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, attending to the workers. Yes. And then the lower class in the pit. And they're digging. Now, we've got to take a it's look at... mainly Jacob and friend in the pit. Absolutely. And again, we, there was a group called the Diggers in 1649. Sure. Yeah, well, again, they were a big group and they were fighting because of the English Civil War and they were fighting over who was going through the throne. And they were basically representing friend and uh, what's his butt? They were saying, okay, how come we always have to be the ones? Why do the lords own the land? The land should be for everybody. Yeah. And that's when What's-His-Face kept going, I am my own man while he was digging. I am my own man. He's not part of anything. This ground is his. Even though he's being forced to do it, he's saying, this is mine, and I'm taking ownership of who I am. And that's what the diggers did. So there's like about five things he's saying there, which is probably why he lingered as long as he did on that scene. That's fair. So Jacob collapses, and uh, (laughs) Whitehead's about to attend to him. We get another living painting. Yes. And then a good shot of a real diseased dick. (laughs) Full cock and balls. Man. With Whitehead staring at it with a magnifying glass. Oh, dear, and... You it's very funny. You didn't need a magnifying glass for that shanker. It was uh, right looking at you. <laughs> I'm glad I watched this on a small screen because I wouldn't want to see 10 feet of dick with a 5 feet of shanker. It was not good. So, so uh, he's diagnosed with uh, syphilis. Uh, gentleman's and, disease. And, and he says, uh, oh, I have it all written down. <laughs> and uh, So Jacob says, is that all? Whitehead says, uh... No, I've also detected some gout, bloody flux, apostum of the mouth, pissing disease, St. Anthony's fire, iliac passion, hemorrhoids, and palsy brought on by drink. (laughs) And in the best part, Jacob just says to him, So I'm not bewitched then. I'm not going to turn into a frog. (laughs) He says, No, that is the least of your concerns. That and plague seem to be the only two ailments you're not suffering from. I thought I was going to bust a stitch. I laughed so hard at that scene. It's so good. Oh, dear. And then he goes to make a poultice. He runs out to the field <coughs> to collect herbs, etc., to attend to uh, <laughs> the gentleman's business. Yes. So he gives Jacob the poultice, and Jacob, in an oddly vulnerable moment, says thank you. Yes. Like, he's starting to kind of realize that it's just the three of them against these two maniacs. Mm-hmm. So, but, he... But also remember, that there seemed to, prior to, um, prior to getting to O'Neill, he even seemed to befriend a little bit. They all seemed to be a little more of a cohesive group as they were walking to O'Neill. Yes. Even the schmuck guy. Yep. And this is where we see a Whitehead drinking from the bottle. Mm-hmm. Of his own free will now. Again, ingratiating himself to the lower classes because he's enslaved just the same as them. Mm-hmm. It's very good. So, ah, yes. uh, and we get the uh, goodness gracious, the black ball of fire. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where because it's like the only effect in the film too. Oh, well, kind of. That's where he's tripping balls. Is that the one where they're showing the the tree? And the the flashing of all the faces going back. No, that's towards the end of the movie, isn't it? Yes. Okay, we're. I'm, okay, because I. This is the first time that he sees it. 
And then uh, Jacob and Friend start fighting because Friend's going to be a better slave than Jacob is. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Because that's uh, where he sees the cracked glass and all the... He's starting to see shit. And then then we get treated to our second dick. (laughs) Yeah. Because Cutler starts pissing on them. Oddly, he's got his joint right next to his gun and he's peeing on everybody, peeing from his gun. It was... We get to see a shot in a film of a man firing a gun next to his dick. (laughs) And I wasn't sure if it was like a Pulp Fiction accidental bumping or he meant to shoot him. Oh, he meant to shoot him. Okay, I wasn't sure because... But why would you shoot a flintlock pistol right next to your junk? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I thought it was an accident, because I'm not going to be sitting there doing a live black powder thing right next to my shit. I just, no. So, uh... Oh, by the way, shoot stuff. Fuck out of friend. Yes. And we get friend's great dying scene. Mm-hmm. Which, my second favorite, my second favorite line in the entire movie. <laughs> he says... Something about, tell my wife, or it's kind of depressing because uh, Jacob grabs him and says, friend, says, those words sound good on your lips. The other man uses them more of a fire or a poking stick. Mm -hmm. I've never had so many friends as I've ever had in this field. Mm -hmm. So uh, he explains that he did burn down his wife's husband's barn. Yep. And that he fucked the Christ out of her sister. Many, 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 many times. Like a prized sow. <laughs> Which brings up a whole nother kettle of fish right there. Yeah. Yeah, about... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a little Just gross. watching this idiot die and just like, you know what? No regrets. I'm glad <laughs> I fucked her sister and burned that barn. Fuck yeah. them all. I hate my wife. Uh, that was the best line. Tell my wife. Tell my wife. I hate her. <laughs> I was like... Absolutely, because you know you were obviously expecting the opposite. So, so uh, here's the first time that we definitively see magic, though, because Cutler's digging, and mm-hmm. we get the giant, just the loudest shit, just boong, mm-hmm. that rings out across the field, presumably. Right. So, and now we see that when he when he actually gets it and he's scraping it off. Oh, uh, this is where, too, that uh. He calls O'Neill. He says, I found it. I found the treasure. We should, before unearthing it, we should go celebrate at the alehouse. And Cutler says, there never was an alehouse. Well, O'Neill tells him. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, O'Neill tells him, like, there never was an alehouse. It was a figment of your imagination. Mm -hmm. Meaning that he's also possessed Cutler into helping him with this entire plan. And that's, and has he already told uh, Whitehead that... um, He's there because he was scribed there, or he was, he was conjured. Yeah, because he was conjured there. Yes, but this is the first time that we like definitively see magic happening in right. this film. That it it turns from just being a bunch of dickheads in the field to oh, there's dark wizardry actually happening. And and what I liked is they depicted it as gritty and real. It wasn't this fantastical, pretty shit. It was gritty, which is how I would imagine if magic existed, how it would be. It wouldn't be, you know. I've got to have this little thing and this little thing. It's like, no, we need all this blood, and uh, we're going to have to fuck you up for this. Mm -hmm. There you go. So then we are shown Whitehead gaining a little bit of courage. Mm -hmm. Because O'Neill is essentially, they're standing in the field, and he's hunting him. Yes. But doesn't see the large depression of where (laughs) Whitehead is just laying down, Mm -hmm. like 20 feet away from him. 
Yes. This is where the movie got to be kind of bullshit because like, he well, seemed he, to be hiding with. He, he buried in, friend, but lay, it looked like he was laying directly on top of where he had buried friend for some reason. Yeah, but long story short, he gulps down a shitload of mushrooms too. Yep. And this movie, <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> well, and and I love the line too because he he holds up one mushroom. He said, I'm going to let the devil inside. I have it right okay, here. I want you to remember because I'll fuck that up. He says, I shall chew up all the selfish scheming and ill intentions men like you force upon men like me and bury it in the stomach of this place. Mm-hmm. So he was getting mushroomed up to go berserk. All right. So since I refused to watch it, what happens in this entire Stroby scene? Okay. Have you allegedly ever ingested psychedelics? And tripped your balls off. Allegedly. Yes. A few times. Well, it has been alleged that Matt... I've never heard of drugs. Right, but it has been alleged that I may have partaken. And it actually, the effects um, actually mimicked uh, some of the stuff you would see, where things morph into each other, but stay symmetrical, and then they go amorphous and symmetrical again. And it, I mean, as uh, an art piece, it was pretty. And it was pretty accurate if you've done psychedelics. And like I said, I I can't watch strobing effects. I, I'm not epileptic. It just really bothers me. Right. So I had to look away because the it's not just a shortcut. This is, what, good three, four minutes? Right. And there's a lot of symbolism in there because when, when the faces merge into other faces, you're seeing, again, uh, Whitehead's going from wuss to almost being O'Neill. And you see that as the faces merge, and you can see um, the 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 four the group that considered themselves friends merge and then dissipate. And so there was a there was a lot of symbolism. There was a lot of stuff there, but it was a fucking hard watch. Even when I knew what was happening, and it doesn't bother me that much, it was hard to look at. Well, it I, just speaking as far as like filmmaking it's an incredible piece of editing oh hell yeah i don't <laughs> I mean, know how they fuck how the fuck it they must have taken forever <laughs> i bet you half their budget went for that yeah i mean unless they did it themselves well the rest went for the two special effects that made this movie the business yeah and i think what a couple practical effects from explosions early yeah. on in the film that's yes. about it mm-hmm. but like, they were well done like this movie essentially like minus all the any effect like the black hole effect shots or any of that. Mm-hmm. They could have made this movie for like 200 bucks. Yeah. It's just them in a field with a bunch of shit that they made as far as costume. Because they wrote all it down and I bet you they went to the local like reenactors. Yeah. Because uh, the British are just as nerdy if not more nerdy when it comes to that shit. So if they wanted all the period stuff, we need stuff from this year. Nothing after. I bet you the local historical society said, okay, but don't fuck anything up. <laughs> Probably didn't cost them anything. All right, so here's where my notes end because, woo, <laughs> the end of this is goddamn wild. <laughs> Abso-fucking-lutely. So, uh, just an enormous wind picks up. Yes, and we're not sure whether it's coincidental that the wind picks up or if Whitehead's doing it. Because yeah. he's finally feeling his oats. He's like, oh, fuck this guy. He stands up, but the, as he stands up, he does that weird pose again with his arms, arms oddly at his sides a little bit before he brings them completely up as the wind picks up. Yes. He does that weird tree pose that we see him do when he's scrying. Yes. And so 
because of that, maybe that's his magic pose. I don't know. But in that, so they're all in this field, and it it's intentionally like ADR'd lines. Mm-hmm. Like it's intentional voiceover. But it's done in such a way that the sound design on this sounded so good because they matched it up pretty perfectly. Yeah. But it's, I don't want to say like their voices are done wispy like. No, but but there's a difference in that voice. They're almost muted and very calm for the strange situation. I think what happens is maybe there was a little compression in there. Like they did the ADR voice and when they put it in. It might have been compressed a little bit. Well, because when you see the scene with the wind howling like that, they would have to be yelling and screaming. And visually, they are yelling. But all of their voices are in normal tone. Mm -hmm. It's very good. It's very just visually striking because it's off. It's very, very off. Yes. And there's so much about this movie that puts you off on purpose so that you feel unsettled. Yes. And that's another way of doing it. And now I'm trying to remember because um, you're talking about the black hole effect. That's a just a matte picture. I swear it looks like the uh, the round discs in front of microphones. It's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but there was one with the cracked glass that I noticed earlier, and I'm trying to remember how early in the movie. I think it was at the halfway point where they they show a, a cracked glass visual. I think it was during one of the hallucinations, and that comes into effect at the end of the movie when he's going through O'Neill's shit. That yes. cracked glass is the, one of the last things you see before the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, so wow. So O'Neill is talking to Cutler, and I don't remember what they're saying to each other, but O'Neill shoves a gun into his mouth and says, let the devil in. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Cutler is saying that well, Whitehead, he's more of a uh, rogue and a scoundrel than even you are. Right. And then we're shown Whitehead because he's clearly possessing Cutler into saying these things. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Cutler's groveling and begging for his life. O'Neill shoves the gun in his mouth and blows his fucking brains out of the back of his head. Mmm. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was pretty harsh looking, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I never thought of it that way. Because in my head, because you, they sowed the seeds of paranoia. Nobody trusted anybody because they all had different motives. And we're, two of them were tripping dick. Uh, yes, and everybody was tripping dick for part of the movie. Yeah. So yeah, but but there was all that built-in paranoia too, outside of the magic, outside of that. Because again, they're showing the differences in keeping secrets from the you know the upper class, keeping secrets from the lower class, and you know forcing them to do things through means. Yes. That the poor people don't have. Mm-hmm. So that's all shown again in that light. So, let's see. They get into a gunfight. Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful because, again... Because Friend's back. Again, I wanted to call him <laughs> Kenny because, boom, he showed back up. Yeah. And because, well, and they're talking in the one pit. And, uh, wait, didn't... Um, I forget the name. Whitehead, Cutler... Friend friend and what was the other one O'Neal. oh no o'neill but what the other guy the guy with the the, the guy with the shanker jacob jacob yeah jacob did, and friend did you watch this movie <laughs> i am so shitty with names i'm so shitty with names i i fuck up names of people i've known for years so, so yes i did watch that they get into a gunfight and jacob shoots o'neill in the leg Great effect mm-hmm. because he shoots him in the goddamn leg and it literally blows his fucking leg apart. And they show the leg shear off and fall with the bone and the blood yes. 
gushing. Because it's cracked the bone to cause like structural integrity mm-hmm. failure. And he just falls and it essentially rips his leg off. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. And O'Neill shoots Jacob in the gut. Mm-hmm. He falls back and Whitehead says, you know, I will administer physic to you in just a moment because they're all wondering why friends back. Absolutely. And, and another scene too. Well, that sets up the scene too, where they're reloading. They're trying to reload in the hole. Yep. Um, O'Neill's one shot down. He's trying to reload. I think he gets reloaded when, when all of a sudden friend jumps up with that pike mm-hmm. and is running towards him. Yeah. Running towards him. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Just caps him. Uh-huh. Pow. Kills friend again. <laughs> yep. It's like, wow. I just thought friend would never end. So, should we get to the fantastic conclusion? Oh, indeed we shall. Because while O'Neill is crawling away, Whitehead walks up with his flintlock pistol and blows his fucking Fucking face face off. Off. Just (laughs) off. Gone. The whole thing. He is a hollow shell of a skull. Wow. It is amazing. That movie, even even if I don't know if I like it or not, a couple shots in these movies, uh, this movie, I was just like, yeah, that's just nice. So, I don't understand the ending to this at all. I kind of do and don't. Go for it, because I'm lost. Okay. We've watched Whitehead go from a sniveling little shit. Yeah, a twerp. Yes. We see him get braver and braver and braver, facing O'Neill. The person he was tasked to bring back. Okay? And in the end, we see him in O'Neill's cloak, in O'Neill's hat, pistols all around. He's become him. Right. Again, going to the shot. Black disc. Then it goes to the shot where he's walking towards the tree with his arms in the tree. So it's like he's completely become the person that he was supposed to become. Okay? And then it goes right back to the hedge where he was hiding the very first place. Um, He's hiding in the hedge. The guy's coming up on the horse. But then O'Neill shows, uh, or not O'Neill, friend and uh, what's his butt whose name I can't... Jacob. Jacob, show back up. Yes. So, like, is the guy tripping balls or is he... Did he magic himself up to be strong to go on this mission or... Not a clue. Or is it part of the mushroom trip? Maybe he accidentally ingested mushrooms and this is a fever dream of his. Well, that is what something I wanted to talk about at the end is that cask that they're flare that they're carrying mm-hmm. and drinking from, because it should be empty. Mm-hmm. All the people that are drinking from it, but it, it never be does empty, empty. But it never empties. Mm-hmm. So, is that? liquor that they've refilled and they're just drinking booze or is that some sort of magic elixir that's warping their minds hmm again well there's no way to tell because this movie flies so off the rails that there's no way to really track what's following right i my interpretation was that yeah that it is a magic flask that they filled with something to enchant the people who drink from it hmm because we never see o'neill drink from it i don't believe we no, see we everybody do not. else. Everybody else drinks from this except for him. Did Cutler drink from it? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. While they were while they were digging. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, O'Neill is the only one. Mhm. Hmm. So what does that represent? 
Oh. Or is that just a magical item? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's... I don't know. Do, okay, so here's the main point that I wanted to get to at the end of this. What's the point of this movie? Does this movie have a fucking point? Uh, well, inherently it has several political points. It probably has a hundred points that I don't even know because I have it, no reference okay, for. It makes reference to things, but it's not saying anything. Does this movie have a point? Hmm, again, it has about as much of a it, point as whether I know whether I like it or not. It I entertained just, the living shit out of me. Well, we, we it said that it, points for that. It was a beautiful mess. Yes. It was a beautiful mess. I believe that is, yeah, the text thread that we sent, you sent it first. Like, yeah, that's accurate. It is a beautiful mess. Would I watch it again? On mm. purpose? Mm. No. Not immediately. <laughs> Maybe under the right circumstances, I'll be like, oh, I got to see this movie. Here's the thing. Would you recommend it? (sighs) I would recommend it to people who enjoy seeing um, uncircumcised cock. And and just, I guess, weird shit overall. Because we were supposed to have another guest here today who absolutely hated this movie when I uh, asked her to watch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some stuff happened. She's not feeling well. Feel better, Christina. Please, Hoops. We miss you. The Hoops. Hoops. There anyway. it is. Anyway, but yeah, she absolutely fucking hated this movie, and uh, I get it. There should be at least... I totally one. understand why somebody would watch this and go, what the fuck? Fuck right off with this. <laughs> well, I, I unfortunately can't tell you who would have been able to tell you. Fuck you for making me watch this. Dude, stop. No. I do this every fucking I will movie. beat this to death because I'm an old man. But, yeah, I, I would recommend this to certain people. <laughs> I know a few people that would probably enjoy this a yeah, lot more than this me. This wouldn't be a general, like, oh, man, you seen any good movies lately? I don't think I would bring this up. Mm, I, I think that and to enjoy this movie properly, you have to be one of two things. Either very smart and know all the shit they're talking about, or very fucking high. Or way high. <laughs> like, super, super high. All right. I think we've gone on long enough for about a field in England. <laughs> They went on a long time about a field in England. It was only an hour and a half. It felt a lot longer, though. It did. It did. So, yeah. So, you want to call this? Yeah. Go go watch it. It's fine. Or don't. <laughs> it's, I, was, I was very entertained, but it's real stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's real dumb. And real smart in odd places. Yeah. I, I mean, just the concept of just like, oh, man, we're watching a bunch of dorks in a field play wizards. <laughs> Well, at least it's fucking it, stupid. It was what it said it was. Yeah. It was a field in England. It was a field, and specifically in England, correct? Ah, uh, the countryside of Surrey. Ah, you win this round, Ben Wheatley. <laughs> Damn you, Ben Wheatley. <laughs> we'll get you. <laughs> Damn your eyes. All right, uh, James, anything to plug? Not this week. Yeah, me either. All right. It, 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 just this. You're already here. Fuck yeah. It. It's fine. Tell your friends, or don't. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> I have a tough time listening in, in myself. Fact, in fact, I don't tell my friends, and I'm I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll see you next week, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.